Are you listening to The Gridiron Show? It's coming up proper in a moment. I just want to forewarn you that me and Ollie go on a ramble at the beginning of this episode that lasts nearly 20 minutes, maybe more. <laughs> so if you want to get to the football and the interviews and the talk of the NFL Academy... Well, 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 why are you being like this? Because some people might come to the show because they see we've got Alistair on, because they see we've got JHI on. Okay. That's the meat and, and they potatoes don't want to hear they us rambling on. They don't care about yeah, our cinema going or our work exploits or anything like that. So I'm just saying, if you want to, about 21 minutes in, you'll get to the meat and potatoes, the good stuff. In fact, it's exactly 13 minutes and 46 seconds. Skip to 13 minutes and 46 seconds if you want to just get to the football. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter back in the studio today talking about the new NFL Academy coming to the UK, the latest step in the growth in the game over here. We're going to hear from Jay Ajayi and from NFL Managing Director Alistair Kirkwood. What does it mean for the possibility of a franchise? What does it mean for the future of the game here? This is The Gridiron Show. Ollie, why don't we dance anymore? Um, I wasn't feeling... It's not a great day today, is it? So I, wasn't, I just wasn't feeling it. Plus, I was trying to get up the NFL Academy blurb stuff so <laughs> that it looks like I know what you're on about. Uh, good. But I could do good. a little... Here we go. I like it. That's great. Yeah. That really helped me. That made me feel better about the fact that it's a crappy day today. Uh, this is the Gridiron Show, as always. Like, share, subscribe, whatever it is they always say on those YouTube channels. Ratings, reviews, Twitter, all that good stuff. Just any love we can get helps us. Uh, and we love you. So please. We do. We do. We please do. love us back. Yeah, love. <laughs> love all around. And an exchange of love would be lovely. Uh, Ollie, how you been, buddy? Guess what? You've still... I'm still homeless. Yeah. <laughs> So this week... I'm really glad you've embraced it with your look as well. <laughs> this week, I have mostly been sleeping in Whiteleaf. I don't know where that is. Whiteleaf is south of Croydon. Oh, God, south of Croydon? Yeah, but it's nice. It's not it, London anymore at that point. Yeah, but if you're within the M25, is it still London? The problem is is that I can't make this argument because I am, I'm not a London postcode. I'm an SM postcode. But we live in this weird greater London uh, grey area where Londoners won't say you're from London. Yeah. But we've not got to the sign that says you live in Surrey yet. That's about two miles further south of us. And so the people of Surrey don't want us either. Nobody wants us, Ollie. Nobody wants us. I mean, I've been to where you live and that's fair. No, no, no. I don't mean that, buddy. Your house is wonderful. Um, plus, <laughs> but yeah, you White, broke my heart, mate. You broke my heart. Whiteleaf is uh, is is lovely. Lots of hills. I went down. Get this. I went down a hill that was twenty five percent gradient. A what? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Cause that's my life at the moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so tomorrow I'll be moving to Bermondsey. Just honestly, mortgage companies. Why? Why? Why are they taking so long when they know that someone is is homeless? I just don't get it. If anyone out there works for a particular mortgage company, I, I, just, I just say it, Barclays, can you see if you can hurry my case along a little bit? Any chance of an expedition? Yeah, come on. Get on with it. Get on with it. 
Unbelievable. How have you been, bud? I've been well. I, I've, my sleep pattern is an absolute state. This past weekend was the progress, super strong style oh, yeah. weekend resting. So I was going, I had a wedding on the Saturday, which was great wedding, by the way. Great yeah. wedding. Yeah. Um, uh, but we had a taxi booked. It was a family friend's wedding. And we had a taxi booked for the whole family to take us back at 10 o'clock. It was a long day wedding. It was one of those ones where you get there at like one. So sure. 10 seemed sensible. Yeah. Except when you've had, you know, a good whack of wine, a good whack of Prosecco, a, you know, a good meal. Yeah, the, yeah. the the band is going, the dance floor's hot. You don't want to leave. You don't want to leave. And then it turned out that the... So it was the youngest of three siblings that was getting married. Uh, Rachel looked fantastic. Uh, the, Always do, the bride. Always oh, well, do. But particularly on this occasion. Okay, great. Just in case she listens. Uh, and, uh, Does she like NFL? Uh, no, but her eldest sister's husband is a big NFL guy and I've got a feeling her brother-in-law yeah brilliant and he's definitely talked to us about the show before so I don't know if he's a listener or has listened because those are different things Uh, as always hopefully he still downloads download and subscribe don't worry about listening because we still get the numbers then that's all that matters to us you are nothing but numbers to us I don't mean it we love you (laughs) Um, but the uh, the middle of the three girls yeah uh, wasn't drinking that night. She'd had to drive her kid home. Oh, by the way, great wedding decision, this. Kids there in the day, nieces and nephews, flower girls, all that good stuff. Lovely, lovely. Six o'clock, ship them off to stay with, uh, with you know, uh, uh, whoever. See you later. And then the evening, child-free. Great mix. So you still get the kids there, you get the adorable photos, you yeah, get all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah. The The oldest of the three nieces and nephews uh, was one of the most precocious and hilarious children I've ever met in my life. Superb. Uh, he, there was, during the actual ceremony, Jack, the husband-to-be, said I will way too early during the bit. Like, she'd done, sure. the, she'd done the first two lines of eight to ten lines, and he went, I will. And she was like, whoa! And, 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 like, everyone laughed, and it was a funny moment. And then she went to do it again, and she did, like, a little pause when he said I will before, like, they're just checking, and then carried <laughs> on. Very good. And so, yeah, exactly. Everyone laughed again, and everyone laughed quite heartily. And this child, who's about three years old, just turned to his dad and went, that's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, a critic. Everyone's a critic. That sent everyone off again. Uh, Well, uh, there was only the small vicinity around us that heard it. Oh, right. But it set us off in a big way. The classic Will Gavin. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. So anyway, there was a lift at home available. We stayed an extra couple of hours. We drank a couple more bottles of wine. Oh, yeah. It was real messy to then go through two more days of... Getting up early, going and doing a day's work, then doing the overnight show, yep. sleeping for three hours, getting up. That's basically been my regime. So yesterday I had a whole day. I had a whole day. After we went to this NFL Academy event, I had like 10 hours before Sarah was going to be home. She was going to a gig that night. Oh, great. Could have slept. Could have done, could have done anything. Yeah, well, you should have done just nothing. I went, I, I went to watch the Avengers again. Super, fell, that, fell, asleep, fell asleep in the th- first half hour. Couldn't keep my eyes open an hour and a half in, so decided, do you know what? Let's sack this off. I can go see it again tomorrow or whatever. You just got up and left. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> in the <laughs> middle of the film. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> the other people in the cinema were like, that guy was laughing really hard. <laughs> I thought he was enjoying it. <laughs> and, and now he's, he's gone. He's just gone. How weird. Uh, but I might go see it again today after we finish this. Um, I then went home and I couldn't go to sleep again. And I, I was awake until like 5am. Oh, no. Just an absolute state. I You're am a train wreck place. right now. 
I didn't even do my hair today. We've got no, a big, yeah. important meeting. It's a really bad hair job that oh, you've got going come on, on mate. I'm going to say it. I've got no hair. When you've got no hair, you can criticise other people's hair. That's the rule. Uh, who was it that we saw? There was, uh, there's somebody... In the, like this is going to be good. I can feel this. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> this is going to be great. I love it when a story like starts like this. When it's so vague yeah. that you can't Who even. Was it when I don't even know what this is about? It could be about hair. It could be about I don't know what is going on over there. What's no, happening? It will have to come back to me. It will have to come back. But let to me, me tell you when I went to the cinema. I'm just there is a significant person in popular culture right now who has really crap hair. Has changed from their previous look to a beard and a shaved head and uh, on Monday night show on TalkSport so it's, Josh just turned to me and went well there's Ollie <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was great brilliant Josh, I can't remember who it is Josh <laughs> finally said something funny <laughs> uh, Josh works at uh, TalkSport he's a lovely lad um, yeah. <laughs> why are you being like this just in case he listens he needs to be kept down so I went to the Avengers on Saturday uh, took the lovely live and Lovely I was a buffer zone to this kid who I would say is the worst mouth breather I've ever heard. Wait. Since Matt Sherry. We, we do a show with Matt Sherry. How could that be possible? It's going to be my next. The next words to spill forth from my mouth. I mean, all the way through the three hour movie. Oh. All the way. No. Plus, I reckon he was maybe about 10 or 11 and he kept talking to his mum. And then at one point the mum got a younger sibling on her um, on her lap and this kid and the younger sibling started fighting. I gave them the steely hunter death stare. I'd have said something. I, I, as I'm getting older, I'm finding that I am becoming much more... Sarah hates it, but I'm becoming much more... I'm the guy that will say something in that yeah. situation. Uh, there was a... On the old Kermode Mayo film review thing, they were talking about spoilers. And we've been very careful about it. When we went... We met up with a friend who'd seen it, and we'd seen it at the pre- the preview premiere thingy that they do, the media one. And we were on a train, and he wanted to talk about. It. We're like, hold on, there's like forty other people on this train. There could be lots of people who want to wait. Yeah. Let's wait until we're in the pub on a table by ourselves, and we'll have like a mm-hmm. quiet conversation a about it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the um, somebody, the, this was a woman. She was a pregnant woman as well. Decided to take the toilet break just before the film started. Because, you know, kid kicking on the bladder for a three-hour movie. That's going to be tough. These things happen. Sat on the toilet. Mum comes in with her ten-year-old. Goes like, oh, did you enjoy Avengers Endgame? And he went, yeah, but I was... What are you doing? I mean, you've just... I'll bleep that out. I'll bleep that out. Don't worry. I can't believe you did that. I'll I'll bleep that out. Time code that. Yeah, I have done already. But, yeah. I just like... You're still in the cinema. At least wait until you've left. It's like that scene in The Simpsons. <laughs> That's out of order. It's like that it? scene in The Simpsons where Homer walks out of Empire Strikes Back and there's the queue of people <laughs> yeah. outside in like all dressed up and everything goes, I can't believe Darth Vader's his father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. That's a spoiler I don't have to bleep. So I went it's, 30, it's 40 years old now. <laughs> yeah. I went for lunch with uh, with the team at TalkSport yesterday and why oh, yeah? Oh, I was in town yesterday. Why yeah, Mickey Greer. Was uh, was just finishing um, Jim White, and he came along with us. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was just finishing working on Jim White. Why? Well, yeah. Excuse me. And none of the rest of the team watch Game of Thrones. Adrian Durham calls it the Game of Clowns. So yeah, I've heard him do it on air. So Mickey Gray, why? Well, yeah, and I had this big old chat about the last episode, 
And he revealed that he's seen episode three four times. On the second viewing, he got up and clapped. Can we say what the moment is or not? Uh, it, well, no, it's TV, so it's only a 48-hour embargo. There's been another episode since then. So, spoiler warning, if you're catching up on Game of Thrones, don't listen to the next 15, 20 seconds. Okay, so he got up and clapped when Arya Stark stabs the Night King. L- applauded. That's the second time round. He's since watched that same episode another two times, so he's watched it four times. That episode that was a massive disappointment. He loved it. He said it's the best thing ever. I really liked it as well. I Actually, I thought... Ivory, episode- Ivory watched it as well, Yeah, and... Uh, on rewatch, I had all the same problems. Okay. Well, episode four, the one that was on on Monday night, Sunday night, mm-hmm. I loved episode four. But we talked about. Uh, can we? Can I say what happens in the middle of that? Another fifteen seconds. Another 15, where the dragon gets shot and uh, Great. It, like incredible. To unbeknownst to me, all of this was being taken down by Adrian Durham, who then put it in the heads gone, who then read it out and said the dragon got shot. Q. Hundreds of texts, people going, ah! can't believe you spoiled it. Was it, oh, was it on Monday? <laughs> yeah. So before it had been shown in the UK? No, it was yesterday. Oh, right, okay. So it was, at least it, it wasn't... It wasn't, but... We, uh, we, uh, it happened to us with the same thing that I had to beep out earlier. So they've released a new Spider-Man trailer, which now it's two weeks after Endgame. They've released a Spider-Man trailer, which actually references stuff that happens in Endgame. So oh. and at the beginning, they have Tom Holland come up and pop up and say, by the way, guys... If you've not seen Endgame yet, turn this trailer off because there's massive spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we had our film reviewer on, and he went, "Well, yeah, it's full of massive spoilers because it immediately reveals, you know, that da 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 da, and immediately this is like four fifteen in the morning, so nowhere near your listenership. About four tweets come in going, "What the hell, man? What are you doing? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa!" Yeah. So anyway, we've spoken for twelve minutes without talking about the NFL, which is an absolute disgrace. But that's because there's nothing really much to talk about. JPP's broken his neck. Jared Jared Vildier signing for the Patriots. Might be a significant move come September. I don't care about it right now. Oh, talking about people changing their look, but also this is to do with the NFL. Have you seen Rosie, Greg Rosenthal's new look? No. Very beardy. Ooh. Trey beardy. He's, he's, he'll be on the show on Monday, so I will... Uh, yeah, yeah, ask him about I'll it. I'll discuss. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're back over this year. Are they? They are. Oh, great. They told us on the show, but uh, no confirmation yet over whether they're going to make it over for a game or do the same thing they did last year where they come over for build-up week. I don't think they'll do that build-up week again. I think... I think they've got to come to the That had something game. to do with the Tottenham thing not coming off and trying yeah. to, you know, now yeah. there's the Tottenham <clears throat> thing. Um, and there's some really exciting events coming up with Tottenham as well, which we'll talk about. In the coming weeks, but I'm this, so excited about that. Later this month, we'll be getting a chance to go and see the NFL facilities. So <gasps> keep an eye on at Will Gav, at Ollie Hunter, at Gridiron, uh, both on Instagram and on uh, on Twitter as well. Yep. where we'll have you know locker room access, the pitch. We'll be showing you everything you need from the NFL facility perspective. The NFL are actually getting the stadium yeah. once the season's over. They're basically Tottenham are turning it over to them for a whole week, no way. so that they can run tests, see how the catering will work, find the camera positions, do all of that good stuff. And so I suspect that ticket release will come not long after that yeah. because... Because they, they've they have out to, the kinks. Yeah, exactly. They have to do all that stuff before yeah. they can say, right, the, the actual final number of seats we'll have mm. after we've put the TV cameras in and done everything else is going to be X. So I suspect people, a lot of people asking when they think the tickets are going to come out. My best guess, and it is just a guess right now, there's no inside information or anything. And it's just a guess. It's just, I can, I can, I can say, say this. It is just a guess. Uh, sometime in June. That would be my guesstimate. Very nice. The 
Most, not nice. I the, hate people that say that, and I don't know why I did it. The thing that uh, I'm most excited about about that stadium is just watching the pitch come out and go away. The, like the I, grass asked, pitch I asked go away. if we could be there when they did that, and they were like, I think because we're there the whole week, we'll have already you know, run that test. And I was like, oh, but I want to see it. I really <laughs> want to see it. It's like I used to work in a cinema, and uh, when all the films came out, you had to... the the, the projectionists had to stitch them all together and then they have to make sure that nothing's gone wrong so you get to... <laughs> ollie ollie really aging himself now they just turn up on a usb stick but i uh, know but back then so they had to stitch them together so you had to you had to watch them all the way through and that's when the staff would get to watch before they got released that's what this pitch would be like yeah that's what I want to see. Oh I want to. I want to make a time lapse of it. I want to put it on the internet. I want it. I want it bad. Sorry, who were you pointing at behind me? And now they're not there. <laughs> Joe Ovenall. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> he works on the Breakfast Show. Just in case anyone wants a bit more inside baseball. Is he a Titans fan? Uh, not that I know of. Don't know. Uh, so we we the thing is so we're not doing a lot of news today because there is expected to be a, a lot more news to begin after today. Basically, after. Midnight last night, US time, so 5 a.m. this morning. What day is this? UK people time. could be listening to this anytime. Wednesday? Okay. Uh, I just had to double check that. That was me <laughs> asking the question. I mean, it is Wednesday today, yeah. Uh, any signings made now after today don't count against your compensatory picks for next year. So the way that that is figured out, the way that they figure out the compensatory picks is if you lose players in free agency yeah. that are you know contributors on your team, certain snap counts... They, they've Who got, decides this, thing. though? It's, it's, it's decided by the league. They have... Okay, there's there a are, There are algorithms that figure these things out, sure. whether, you know, if you lose X, you get a third round, a fourth round, a fifth round compensatory, whatever it might be. So, for instance, what's-his-face going from the Giants? What are they going to get for that? Who's what's his face? Uh, Odell Beckham. No, because that was a trade, so it doesn't count against compensatory oh, picks. Oh, fine. Had he left in free agency, had he yeah. left at the end of his contract, okay. you'd have got the highest. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But part of the algorithm is if you replace that player. So say he'd left on free agency, but you replaced him with Golden Tate. Yeah. They look at the comparative work of those two players and you might still get a compensatory pick but it might be a lower round one or you might not get one at all because you managed to fairly replace the player fine fine um the i never really understood any of yeah that. it is like if you get really in depth on it it is quite fascinating but it's also mathematical and a bit boring so uh, we won't get too deep into it but the point is is that that what is the point of this? only counted up until last night yeah. and now you can sign whoever you want and it won't affect your compensatory picks for next year. So do you think we'll see a flurry of signings? I think we'll see a flurry of guys, much like JHI, probably finding themselves a team now. And that leads us on nicely to talking about the event at NFL UK yesterday. Can I just ask you one question, though? Go on. Do you know what's going to happen with JHI? Did he say anything off air? Uh, Did he give you a little wink? Give me a little wink if you know. I, I don't no I did not <laughs> I want to be clear stupid, you know. stupid audio format <laughs> damn it I should have seen that coming Can't a mile off <laughs> you're a mug you fell for the oddest <laughs> trick in the book <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> uh, no he was but in the interview he said there have been teams they've talked to there have been meetings there have been conversations he didn't sure. reveal anything you know it was much more with him, and I thought this was really sensible, and he says this in the interview, that he seems to understand 
when you're a running back, it doesn't just fall into your lap. People aren't going out and trying to find mm. running backs necessarily. They think they can find them cheaply in the draft, that they'll perform immediately. Actually, what's better for him is really heal up, really get those injuries sorted, maybe not be too worried about being in an OTA or a mini camp or anything like that. And when a running back goes down and he knows all about injuries or when an opportunity opens up on a team or when a player underperforms there's a much better chance you're going to get an opportunity at a good team. There's a much better opportunity you're going to get an opportunity at a contender because they've lost their number one or number two back. So he is talking about, he was very sensibly talking about being patient, understanding the process, trusting his agent. And we've talked a lot about JHI in the past because obviously he's one of the people we've interviewed the most. Yeah. His maturity and clear kind of football nous has, has grown so much over that time. I thought what was really interesting, and we'll talk about the, the academy in a moment. First six or seven, first five or six minutes of our interview were about the academy, the opportunities it offers, everything else. And he was really open-bodied, arms out, expressive. Da, da, da. The moment I switched it to talking about him, and asked, I started off by asking about his health and then going into free agency and stuff. His arms went behind his back. He became a lot more serious, mm. a lot more... And it was like he went into media mode. Yeah, yeah, business It was very... Mode, it yeah. was like... If you were a body language guy, then you would have found it really interesting. Okay. I mean, also, all great for audio format. <laughs> but, well, but there, is you... a vid- there are plenty of videos of Super. my conversations on uh, my Twitter, at Will Gav. Because uh, we were there for TalkSport, so, yeah. you know. Yeah. Got to go through the personal account, not the gridiron account. Sorry, Joshy. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. <laughs> it just academy. broke his heart. <laughs> well, no, we we shared. By the way, the uh, earlier Josh is a different Josh to Josh Peacock. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh Peacock is a wonderful human yeah, being, yeah, unlike yeah. the other Josh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he listens to the show. I doubt it. I don't think he's, he's got he, the, the attention capacity. Has you, know, he? you know, he's a, you know he's a Falcons fan. Yeah. So you know, do you know that Pat, the producer on the other show that he works on, is becoming an NFL fan? Yeah, he is through Madden. That's how he's getting into it. And us, he listens uh, to us, idiot. What? Yeah, what an idiot. <laughs> he, said, he said to me the other day, "There's only one team I won't play with on Madden." I'm like, really? And he's like, "Yeah, the Falcons, because they're Josh's team." I can't bring myself <laughs> to do it. That's brilliant. <laughs> so the national right, I can't believe that we're only. T- this is a podcast about the academy, and it's 22 minutes in, and we're only just talking about the academy. Well, this, you know, give people what they want. <laughs> Did you want this? <laughs> no, they wanted less of us, more academy. Uh, so, the National Football League today announced a major UK initiative. I'm reading this off the press. Hey, when was this? Was Endorsed, this was yesterday. Okay. We went to, for a lovely event at NFL UK. There was, you know, proper press conference. You can see, again, videos and photos on the Twitter accounts for Gridiron and myself. Uh, you know, all the usual names were there. Coombs, Graves, uh, the guy from The Standard, whose name I've just forgotten, Charles from The Mail. Like, loads, loads of good Charles guys. Charles Wolford. Yeah, old Charles Wolford, he was there. Yeah. Had a good chat with him. Uh, you know, and all the PR, all the guys that work for NFL UK. OC was there, Jason was there, JHI was there. Um, and they did a big presentation explaining about this academy, and then we got some time to kind of chat to everyone. So... The NFL Academy opens in September this year and will offer student-athletes aged 16 to 18 the opportunity to combine education with life skills and intensive training in the sport under full-time professional coaches. Supported by Nike and based at Barnet and Southgate College in North London, who also do the Tottenham Academy in North London, by the way. So, some prestige there. They know Mm -hmm. what they're doing. 
pretty good academy, the Tottenham Academy, it's fair to say. Uh, that they will, the NFL Academy will provide students with pathways into employment, further education, and even the potential opportunity to play NCAA college football in the United States. The point, the idea of this is, is that they are going to recruit approximately 80 students to the first class via a series of tryouts over the next three months and that these kids are going to do their nvqs their a levels their you know their b techs whatever it is that they're going to study whilst also doing full time being coached in american football with the idea of them going on to try and get a scholarship at a college try so and get a scholarship this is the st george's at- park of American football. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's... that's. I mean, that's maybe a lofty comparison. Well, look, that's just... That's the ideal, yeah. I think. But it's more like any club academy. You know, any club academy yeah, yeah. does the same thing. You do your education alongside your training. Um, the, this is amazing. I think what was really fascinating about this, the stuff they were saying and, and hearing from the guys like Tony Allen and Will, who we've had on the show before, Will Bryce, who's the, the kind of uh, head of development. Um, the, you know, as much for them as this is about... They understand that, you know, High school players to college is, I think, uh, of high school seniors who end up in college is 5%. College players who end up in the NFL is less than 3%. Mm. So the percentage of high school players, these guys these age, who end up playing in the NFL is 9 in 10,000. Wow. It's 0.09%. Yeah. So they understand that this isn't a pathway into the NFL. This isn't going to be like the international player pathway where they're going to have an opportunity on a practice squad opened up to them. They're going to come from yeah. another sport. But it is designed for... They've done such great work with the with the seven, with the flag stuff. They've done such great stuff with working with the schools. Mm. The idea of this is it's almost like the bridge between the two. This is... They're going to have these fantastic... And we'll go, I'll go through the list of ambassadors for you in a moment. But they're going to have these ambassadors and these coaches teaching these kids... As they t- as they learn, and they're going to then be going out into the community and doing flag football schools and stuff like that. And it's all just about getting that. And this was a phrase they used a lot: permanent foothold in the UK. Um, do you, uh, did you see the list of ambassadors on yeah, my Twitter uh, yesterday? Odell, Pat, OCU Manura, Jason yep. Bell of CR UK guys, yep, yep. Odell Beckham Junior, yep. Patrick Mahomes, yep. Juju Smith-Schuster, Ooh. Jerry Rice, Oof. FA Abada, and Jay Ajayi. <gasps> Jerry. Jerry, we had Jerry on the phone the other week for a project we're working on, and we didn't know about this. Could have asked him all about it. We'll try and get him again. Um, These guys have agreed to doing uh, social media posting to raise awareness of this, Mm -hmm. to doing virtual classes via, I guess, a a Skype link or whatever with the uh, team, whether that's motivational, whether that's actual, like working with them on theory or practicality. And each of them that are based in the US are going to come out once a year to run some sessions with them. No. So this is the event I was telling you about coming up in a couple of months, which will be the um, when the when the trials are finished in three months' time, they'll be they'll do a big event at the end of the trials. Yeah, it's kind of undecided what the format of that will be at the moment. Whether it will be like a combine where there are more than eighty kids there, and it's your basically you know, working to get your place, like it's the final tryout, or whether they'll have already picked the AT and it will be a showcase. They haven't announced that yet, but we're expecting a couple of the ambassadors to come over for that as well. Um, the And obviously the, the, the difficulty with players is they can't be over in the season. Yeah. So having guys like Jerry Rice means you can have people come over during the NFL season and do stuff. 
uh, but also it means that you have uh, guys who can come over during the summer, during the spring. It's it's going to open up all sorts of amazing opportunities. <laughs> the, my favourite part of this, and we ask Alistair Kirkwood about this in the interview, to get Juju Smith-Schuster and Odell Beckham Jr. on board, who do you think they had to go through for that? Uh, well... You've probably seen the tweet, No, I haven't. So. I haven't. Oh, okay. Um, either the agent, the team, or maybe something like a footballer. Alistair Kirkwood had to sell the whole idea to their mums. Those were those were the people who fielded the calls, and he said they were absolutely phenomenal. Inspirations was the word he used. They not only bought into the idea immediately, but brought other people on board, got other people wow. involved, and it it's a testament of the fact that what you the stories we love from the NFL are the kind of rags to riches. The reason that college football, even though I do think athletes should be paid in college football or should be compensated somehow for the millions, if not billions of dollars that the NCAA is making out of Mm. college TV, etc., is that what you do get is those those opportunities to go to school, which you wouldn't have got. Those college opportunities, which guys so often you hear about someone who is the first generation of their family yeah, yeah. to ever go to college and the reason they got there was thanks to football yeah and this is the idea that you're going to get people who get the opportunity to get a scholarship out in the states or even here back there are universities up in scotland already offering scholarships based around american football wow so you know the fact that it's going to offer higher education opportunities that's something they're really keen on i just think it's a it's a really really good Good it's thing. So, so well, positive, great. isn't it? Yeah, I'm a big fan. You can you can see you've really bought into it. No, I I, yeah, I mean, I mate, think it's great. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think it's uh, it's a lovely lovely idea of another way of making this thing all more permanent. Mm. You talk about the which Spurs is what, stadium, which is what well. we all want. Really, of course it is. we of all want a permanent team here. Regardless of who you support, I actually think a lot of people would love to have a permanent team here. You've also got the um, you've also got the fact that the academy will also partner with Nike, who are going to provide all of the is equipment. Is it Nike all or Nike? The, Nike. I think it is Nike. To be fair, is it Nike or Nike? I, I just said it's Nike. All right. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's Nike. I'm I'm about eighty nine percent sure it's Nike. Eighty Nike percent sure. <laughs> but people in the UK say Nike, so I'm going to say Nike. Uh, so it's going to be the best equipment, the best just everything about yeah. it. I'm a massive fan. I well. Now all I want to do is hear from J.J. and Alistair Kirkwood. Which order would you like to hear? From I want to hear from the big dog, A.K. first. Let's take a little break, and then we'll hear from Alistair Kirkwood, then J.J. and then we'll do a little roundup. All right, great. The situation in the Pacific is worse than reported. The Japanese are planning something big. What's the target? Midway. From the director of Independence Day. A couple dozen planes. It's all Japanese fleet. We got the order to launch. Discover the incredible true story. Today we're going to be underdogs. Of the World War II battle. Good luck, boys. Fire! Midway. Download and keep now. Hello, you're listening to the Horse Ramble Daily, where we'll be covering all of your horse needs. There's more every day during the Cheltenham Festival. Betway are giving you the chance to win fifty thousand pounds in the free-to-play for to win game. 
Head to betway.com to play now. Up next, more horses. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. <laughs> Full terms apply. 18 plus only. BeGambleAware.org. So we're here for Talk Sport with Alistair Kirkwood, Managing Director of NFL UK, for the announcement of the NFL UK Academy. And I mean, you described it as maybe the biggest step since the Jaguars announced that they were playing regularly in London. So it's a big moment, this. Yeah, this is a massive step change for us. I mean, we've had a few in the last uh, decade or, or 12 years since we first started playing uh, over here. Uh, this is as a huge thing for us because this is about becoming a lot more year-round. This is providing a true commitment, uh, a, a pathway, uh, and also meaningful opportunities to an age group that uh, we've done some work with before, but kind of in a scattergun perspective. Fad is also the world first because um, we'll never have one in the States. We don't need one because you've got the, a brilliant high school and college college program that works really well in the States. So an immense amount of pride for us as an office that, that the UK is getting the very first one. Unbelievable also that we've got the kind of ambassadors that we've got uh, endorsing it because um, that means that it's not a suit saying how, how exciting it is. It's actually some really, really big players as well. I, I'm, I'm actually a little good because we had Jerry Rice on the phone last week. If we'd known about this then, we're going to have to call him up again and try and get him on to talk about this because he leads a list of incredible names of people that are pledging their time and support to this. Well, I would have been gutted if he revealed it last week because uh, <laughs> we wouldn't be talking. So <laughs> We'd have kept it still, my promise. Oh, oh, there you go, there you go. But yeah, having Jerry Rice is, is great. That means that um, he'll come over at some point in the season, which I think is really important. That's when the kids are studying. Um, a, lot, a lot of our other ambassadors are active players, uh, so they won't be coming over in the autumn because... They'll be going, hopefully, for their sake, deep into the playoffs and, and uh, focusing, on, focusing on their business. But there is a commitment from every single ambassador to come over to London at least once a year. Also to be connected uh, virtually, uh, uh, diaries allowing with the kids, and also promote this on social media. So, um, so that's great for all of us to, to have that kind of star power endorsing a, an initiative like this. And it, it really feels legit as a result. I love the idea that you said during the press conference that you had to speak to Juju Smith-Schuster and Odo Beckham's mums. Was that you who had that conversation? Yes, I did, yes. And I've got to tell you, both of, both of them were incredibly inspiring. It was like one of those things where um, you pitch it to them and you think, OK, I did a 7 out of 10 job in terms of trying to describe what it is because it's quite difficult to describe something that hasn't actually happened before. Um, so I did an OK job. And what came back from both of those ladies was just like... I should have recorded that or I should hire you to do this instead of me because <laughs> uh, they, re- they got it straight away and they actually understood what, what it would mean um, for, 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 for their sons to get involved uh, and they actually took what I thought would be hard yards trying to persuade people to get on board with something that hasn't been done before and, and instead it was the easiest thing to do we haven't had a rejection from anyone um, but, but you know, kudos to those ladies for uh, making making us look better by bringing those guys in straight away. But, but I think what for me is really important about that, and when you heard from the likes of OCU Manure and Jason Bell about their journeys, is the stories that inspire us from the NFL in the US are guys who come from backgrounds where they wouldn't necessarily get into college, where they wouldn't necessarily get the opportunities they get, and it's sport that gets them there, and it feels like you're now introducing that opportunity to the UK market. Yeah, 
Definitely, absolutely. Uh, with regards to uh, providing a really good structure, having some really uh, quality football coaching. But I think just as important, we're providing a platform for and an incentive to develop the education side because that's the other thing that happens in the U.S. that we don't really always appreciate. Um, you know, we hear about college athletes, but we don't always appreciate that they're studying. It's not like um, they reference that at the start of a game. You know, I'm, I'm studying business management and I play <laughs> wide receiver. Or, or, or whatever. But, but they do that, and that's actually part, part of the game over there. So having education and also having character development and, and, and real kind of giving skills um, and um, a real structure to make better and informed decisions. I think what's also important here is that to reference that it's not, it's not going to be the majority of, of kids that come into the academy that will then make it to the NFL. It'll be a, probably relatively a small minority. But on the other side, you will have an unbelievable uh, time here You'll test yourself in ways that you never thought you could. You'll, you'll as a result, be encouraged by a, by a peer group and a structure to uh, have a great education. And uh, you'll be uh, kind of the first alumni of something that we'll look back on as, as an unbelievable kind of institution. So success to me isn't just can we find another OC or can we find an FA or a, or a J, a J. Um, that would be a bonus if, 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 if that happens. And it would be incredibly proud, and it will add so much kind of glitter dust to it. But success really is everybody coming through and being, becoming kind of well-rounded individuals, really actually feeling like um, uh, that joining our academy gave them a platform to really having better opportunity in life. I think that's really exciting what it means for the community, for the young people. But the other phrase that came out, very strongly from the press conference was that permanent foothold the idea that this is something of the NFL that's about grassroots in this country and between that the Tottenham Stadium which you spoke about as well these are all further steps to making sure that this isn't just a novelty as some people see it as but something that becomes a permanent fixture in the UK absolutely well first of all Will I love the fact that you aged yourself by calling the, the young people <laughs> um, that, that was very nice of you um, um, but you're absolutely right with regards with regards to the point that you make I mean uh, we got multi-year uh, commitment uh, to Spurs uh, that we announced last year um, we've got four games coming on this year this academy is a year-round commitment and multi-year commitment and something that we want to grow and grow and grow uh, I think when I first started playing games, when I first announced that we were playing games back in 2007, uh, and then maybe for the first three or four years, the typical standard question I'd get from the media would be, this is a novelty, when will it wear off, when will people get bored? And actually the fan, the fan base has grown and grown, the appetite for the sport has grown, the playing of the sport has grown, so now we're at 84 universities that have organized teams in, in this country, um, we're in 300 schools with our flag, um, and this is a really important kind of building block because we've had some success with player pathway in the last two years which has been great from a from an individual and from a from a news story perspective this is actually something really meaningful and i think uh, i think removes any kind of question that anyone would have in terms of least commitment to this to this territory the last couple for me because i know you're a popular man today uh, <laughs> well uh, you talked about actually knocking back Daniel Levy initially for the stadium. How much of your job is 
trying to make sure that this ball continues to gather moss, but maybe doesn't get away from you a little bit. And this is all managed in a way that does help that permanency in the long term. Um, yeah, you, I, I think the phrase that I like to use is hype, but don't believe your own hype. So, um, so what that means is try and, build, try and have building blocks. Also try and be aspirational. Try and think big. But you're only as good as your next game. And, you know, you've got to, it's, it's a little bit like being on the field. It's the fundamentals. You've got to actually think about making sure that you get the small details right as well. So this announcement is incredibly exciting, but it's on the back of 15 months of grafting to get a level of detail. For, and when you're a little bit like the Spurs Stadium, um, so far as when we first started thinking about putting the academy on, it started off with a one-pager of wouldn't it be great? And then when you start opening up and then actually think about all the things that need to go in and, and get involved, all the partnerships that you need to have, um, you also get a really good understanding of all the things that you don't know in that area. It sounds good, but then you, you kind of really open it up. So I think, I think you're absolutely right that it's important that um, we continue to grow and we continue to be ambitious, but, but not get too, too far ahead of ourselves. And finally, can you imagine what the first question I got tweeted was when I put out about the announcement? Can you guess what it was immediately? It was, where does this put us towards having a team in the UK? Oh, OK. Well, it's, it's good you give me a warning, so <laughs> that's what I'll be getting asked mostly today, is it? I think so. <laughs> okay, I think good. so. Does it do anything for you on that stage? Uh, it'll, it'll be, you and I have answered that question a few times. I think it'll be the same kind of answer, which is um, it provides a greater commitment to what we're actually doing. I don't think it changes whether we get a franchise or not. Probably makes people feel that the league is more committed. Um, but having a franchise is much more um, complex than how many players we develop or what, what do we do in the community. So um, it just means that we're more, more and more committed to, to, the, to the UK, which ultimately is a good thing. All adding to that legitimacy. Alistair, go. brilliant stuff. Thanks, Thanks so much. Cheers. I legitimately don't think I've got a good side, so it's, it's very kind of you to say. Oh, Jay, don't be like this. Uh, Jay Ajayi with us at the announcement of the NFL UK Academy. For a guy who grew up in London, not knowing a huge amount about the NFL... How massive is this today? This is, this is insane to think about, you know, NFL Academy out here in London, a place where the kids can go and chase that dream, also get an education, very similar to what the high school and college program is over there. Um, it's, it's just, it's racking my brain to think about it, and it's, it's really exciting because now it's like, what does the future hold for London and American football? You talked a little bit during the press conference about your experience when you first moved to the States. How big is it for guys who want to be involved to be immersed around other guys and coaches who have that same goal? Yeah, that was a big thing of, you know, me even like learning about the game, like learning my passion for it was like the fact that when I moved to Texas, all of my best friends and my best mates, they were playing it and they were like passionate about wanting to be in the NFL and that's where things that they would talk about. And even though I didn't know about it at the time it was inside me like because I wanted to join in with them and play with them and all that inside me it was like that competitiveness inside me joined in with okay I want to do it too you know I want to play too I want to play in high school I want to be on the, the varsity team or whatever so now that there's a place where these UK people can go to a, a academy and be around a bunch of kids 
that are just trying to be in the States or trying to make it to the NFL and they're just talking about it and you can watch them chasing it and doing the extra things. Those kind of things are going to like change people and make them more driven, more motivated and like it's going to just change the, the climate of, of what they're thinking. And, and, and so now it's like a collective place where it's just breeding competitiveness. So it's, it's great. Since you've been in the league, you obviously have come out here plenty. You're on two teams that have played out here and, and coming out here and doing events like this. So how much have you seen the difference between when you were growing up and those opportunities weren't there to, to where we are now with NFL in the UK? Yeah, since I first started coming back uh, to London, uh, my first rookie year, seeing those London games, being in the London games, being a part of it, the atmosphere, it's just it just shows you the growth of the game out here. It shows you that everyone is aware. The exposure is huge, how they've moved it. Uh, the stadiums, they've had to add more stadiums, more games. So, like, now it's like this is the next step. Like, let's foster the talent. Let's get these let's get these kids learning about it really good and let's really see what they can do because a big thing about what we've been tagging along with it is, like, who says that we can't do it? You know what I'm saying? We showed, like, all types of different shapes and sizes, different stories have made it into the NFL. And it's London. There's so many people out here, so many kids from different walks of life. So it's like, who knows who's, who's out there? So let's try and tap into that. I mean, it, it is genuinely incredibly exciting. And, and I just wonder almost what's next. It's, well, we've yeah. got an academy. We've now got a stadium. Sadly, the wrong side of North London yeah. for you. Yeah. But I, I was going to bring up the stadium. But I, that's why I put in like two stadiums. You know, I want to shout out the name of the stadium, even though it's an interesting. It looks nice. I'll just I'll leave it at that. But. Um, yeah, this is just crazy. Again, like the growth of the game out here. Um, I think we really won't really see the um, impact of it until it's like maybe we get like that first really good success story or you just get to witness it for yourself, you know, being at the academy and just seeing what's going on. I think then as well, like you'll get like a feeling like, okay, like something special is happening right here. And, who knows is what's going to come of it. So I'm excited to see the, what the future holds for this. I mean, the fact is you are amongst that tiny percentage that actually make it out of college into the NFL and have right. some success. But the importance of the college system in America isn't just about getting players to the NFL, but it's getting guys into ed- education who might not get that opportunity if it wasn't for sport. And it feels like this is breeding something similar in the UK. Yeah, I mean... If you really think about it too, the idea of sport, like, you have to be able to go through challenges, adversity, be able to work together with teams, um, you know, have to be disciplined. Um, a lot of things that are important when you go into the workforce in your career. So to have a place that can help foster all those characteristics and just help you raise those up, as well as you getting an education on top of that and you're chasing your dream and your passion, it's like all you can ask for. And then even, like you said, the percentages, they're not great to make it in the NFL. Everyone's not going to make it. It's just not realistic. But the big thing about it is the resources and the networking that, that, is, that comes of coming through the academy program, the different uh, business people that you'll meet through being there. And that's a big thing that they preach to us 
in the States with our college programs is like you'll never know the resources now being an alumni, being from that college, other business people remember you as that athlete or that one that was chasing that and they'll hire you just because, you know, obviously you're qualified, but because also they have that tie to the sport. So it comes a long way with that. So it's exciting to see now that they've added it together, you know, and, and they're making that education a very important part of the NFL Academy. How about you personally, Jay? How are you feeling health-wise? Are you ready and good to go when a team calls your number? Yeah, I'm running about, you know, ramping up my workout habits and just training really hard. It's been a great process for me. Um, I'm just enjoying the whole thing and uh, just getting ready for train around training camp, yeah. Has there been any interest you're aware of, any teams that have been in touch? Have you, have you spoken to anyone that you think might happen? Yeah, we've definitely had interest here and there. Um, you know, just been staying with my agent and, and talking to him and the big thing has just been just, you know, stay patient and just, you know, get healthy. Work on your body, build that body up, um, make sure you're in the best shape possible for the season. And, uh, you know, it's gonna, you're on your own timing at the end of the day. That's a big thing about me right now. And my mindset is just, I'm not in a rush. I'm not going to rush it. I just want to get fully healthy so that when I'm out there on the field, um, it's going to be, you know, really exciting. I mean, you don't need advice from me, but right. that's a re- I think that's a really sensible way to approach it as a running back because, as you know, injuries can happen at any time. Actually, yeah, the, the, but that means the perfect opportunity might not appear till August or September, yeah. but again. then suddenly you're number one back on a good team. Yeah, and again, I'm five years in the NFL now. Um, I, know, I know how long of a season it is. Um, I know what kind of injury I'm dealing with, so I'm not in a rush. Um, I'm feeling really good, and I'm just taking it day by day and just making sure that I don't um, take any missteps with this process. Um, and, you know, just trying to uh, let the cards fall a little bit um, because, like you said, um, it's a very hard sport that I play. Contact, um, injuries happen, uh, I would say 100%. You're going to get hurt. It just depends on the severity of it. So um, I just think, you know, in due time, something will shake up and then, you know, the J train will be right there. <laughs> get me. Well, the last one for me. Say you sign for one of those four teams over, yeah. who are playing. I'm, I'm thinking specifically, because eight teams coming over, but I'm thinking specifically one of those four teams that are playing one of the first two games okay. at I the stadium that shall not be named no, in North no, London. No. Would it be... Is it is it bittersweet to score a oh, touchdown at top? Oh, I'm definitely scoring. I might have to have like like some Arsenal red on me, like somewhere in like my jersey that I can like flash. Or I might have to do like one of my boys' celebrations or something on that pitch. You know, if I'm able to score a touchdown in there, just like a little bit of like sweet revenge or something like that. You know, beautiful stuff. Well, look, Jay, always a real pleasure. Thank you so much, man. And uh, yeah, good luck with the rest of the off season. Cheers. Thank you. So first, Alistair Kirkwood, then. I don't know if you know, British-born, Super Bowl-winning, running back Jay Ajayi. Uh, that is brand new information. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, look, you're all wonderful. I'm big fans of all of you. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I don't know what else to talk about today. We've got loads of interviews from the Super Bowl still to use this off-season. We'll, we'll start, I think we'll start doing our division-by-division division look forward to 2019 coming up shortly. That makes sense. Yeah. If you've got any ideas for the show, anything you'd like to do us an in-depth discussion about, any guests you'd like us to get on, anything like that, at Gridiron on Twitter, we're all in on doing anything Maybe you, you know, and I should think about these things as well. No, I think we should encourage the listeners <laughs> Just to Just get them to do our hard work, the... 
Our hard work for us, yeah? Uh, 100%. Yeah, okay, fine. Ollie, you know what question's coming. Well, I was going to ask Grimble for a final thought, which he forgot to do last time. But he's in Turkey or somewhere with his Lithuanian chick, so... Imagine if he did us a little one on the phone. Oh, I'll text him. I'll text him. He can He can do it. I, I reckon he can do it. But no, I just I'm hoping by the next week I will no longer be homeless. So touch wood. Fingers crossed to everyone out there for me, please. Any final thoughts? Will Gavin. No, I'm all good, buddy. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, just as always, all the love is appreciated. Uh, this has been The Gridiron Show. 